This week on the Country Music Media Podcast. There's really no need for both single and song of the year. Album of the year matters less and less each year. It's strange that we have male and female artist of the year. Welcome to the Country Music Media Podcast. My name is Billy Dukes. You can find me on Twitter at Billy Dukes. Email me at BillyDukes at gmail.com. And after last Thursday's episode titled Morgan Wallen Fans Are Hustling Backwards, you did. You, you did. If you're new, welcome to the show. I'm going to suggest Monday's episode with chart expert Chris Owen. And then episode 48, which is called Should We Trust Eric Church? That's the place to begin with the archives. Find those two episodes and kind of dig in if you like what you hear here in the next 15 to 20 minutes. Coming up this next Monday, a review of Eric Church's new album, Heart and Soul, in three parts, three different members of the media will be joining me to discuss Heart and Soul. Three friends of the show coming to talk about the project. You can leave a rating on Apple Podcasts and follow if you haven't. Not too many people bring in news and analysis the same way that we do here. Sometimes my ideas are a little wild, and today might fall into that category. But just because they're unconventional does not mean that they're not enjoyable or satisfactory. Change is needed. Fast change, in some cases. But first, some news from last week, and that begins and ends with the 2021 ACM Awards on CBS. 30 performances, a handful of awards, a few COVID PSAs. Ratings were down which we'll get to in a moment. But first I want to address something. It's kind of an elephant in the room. And that was from two Mondays ago when the CEO of the ACMs told me this. Right, yeah. Well, we're going to be live, live at all the venues, um, at the three venues. Um, You know, of course, we're going to be back at the Grand Ole Opry House, which is where Keith is going to kind of hold down the fort there. Live, live is what the man said. But clearly that wasn't the case. By Friday, actually, it was pretty clear that most of the performances were going to be pre-recorded. Blake Shelton said he thought all of them were. Most obvious was Dan and Shay, who had to explain an audio glitch by conceding that things were just out of sync on playback. And then Little Big Town, they performed on Lower Broadway, and it looked like it had been raining. It didn't rain in Nashville on Sunday night. I think what was live was the hosting, and you saw that little live bug sort of go on and off the screen throughout the show, Uh, the interaction between the hosts and the awards. That was all live, and to be honest, I'm good with that. You know, this insistence on everything being actually live is, is kind of foolish, and it's not really worth anything, because often you can do a whole lot better in a controlled environment, and that's really what everyone wants, is a good TV product. I just don't know why we need to pretend. Spoiler alert. I'm not live right now. Is this ruining your experience? (laughs) You know, we live in a world where more and more of what we watch on television is after the fact, on our time. It's categorically pre-taped. I'm not really even mad about the confusion there with Damon. I thought he was a great guest. Would love to have him back on. Was really honest and generous with his time and his answers. But a few people hit me up on Twitter, like, so I felt I needed to address it. You know, they have a show to promote, and he felt like it was in his best interest to say, live, live. I don't agree with that definition, but I'm not the ACM's CEO. Speaking of Little Big Town, I thought they were tremendous once again. And, and really, they're about the most reliable award show performers out there. Always really dynamic, 
always really different. They always bring something pretty special to the show. Carrie Underwood was great, too, with her gospel medley. Uh, No real surprise there. I enjoyed Alan Jackson and Eric Church quite a bit. I thought Dirk Bentley was really good. And the Warren Treaty, who not a lot of people know, I mean, they really got a big introduction in a pretty serious way. I thought Maren Morris and Carly Pierce in particular stole the show with the wins in their performances. I mean, Carly, you have to say, is in the big leagues now. And she gets the Hustler of the Week award, by the way, or maybe even the Hustler of the Month. She's been doing some way, way, way out of genre type interviews. I think she did an interview with Stephen A. Smith of ESPN. I mean, if you just go on her Twitter and see who she's been talking to for media, I mean, it's way, way out of the country format, and I applaud her for that. At Taste of Country, I explained why Luke Bryant deserved the Entertainer of the Year award, so I'm not going to expand upon that much here, but the TLDR version is TV Matters. American Idol matters in a pandemic year. He was also one of only two Entertainer of the Year nominees who are up in the, the single and album categories, so clearly there was appreciation for his music all around in 2020. A lot of what Damon and I talked about was diversity, and the show did a nice job. I'm not going to go too far, but you know, not only asking Mickey to host, Mickey got into host, and going out of their way to include some artists like Warren Treaty, but in some subtle ways. Like, did you see the diversity in the, the symphony that Luke Combs used? Little Big Town's marching band was primarily black. They gave Blanco Brown a chance to speak, which I know he has kind of this harrowing story to tell, but no one knows who Blanco Brown is. He's a really, really, really unheard of artist in country music. He has that viral hit, but no one had really ever heard him talk in that kind of way. I mean, that, that's a big risk and a nice way to put a spotlight on a guy who's kind of been ignored a little bit because, you know, he was in the hospital, but he has a number one song in country music right now. That Parmalee song is a jam. Going to be one of the most played songs of 2021. In the past, that spot as a presenter would have gone to, like, the star of a CBS, a CBS television comedy or a drama. You know, maybe they, they trot out a Wahlberg there from Blue Bloods. Jimmy Allen got a good look, and I knew his performance was pre-taped because I talked to him, and I talked to Gabby Baird as well, uh, last Friday, and they were both wearing what you saw them wearing on Sunday. They don't go full glam twice for this show, and they don't go full glam for dress rehearsal. You know, that's not how you rehearse traditionally. But ratings were down, even at, even from last fall, which were down a lot from April 2019. I think award shows in general are facing an issue that's really going to be here until someone figures out a new way forward. Every award show has taken a really, really big hit. I think just over 6 million adults watched the ACMs, which won the night, but they didn't really stomp on the competition like you hoped. And there, in total, just wasn't a lot of people watching network television uh, on Sunday night. It wasn't all that long ago. The ACMs and the CMAs used to do twice that, 10, 12 million. But a few things have really happened. I think the perceived politicalization of country music has put some fans at arm's length. And there wasn't really anything like that here at the 2021 show. But people think of certain artists as categorically political. And they think that award show leaders are being political by including those artists. To some extent, the show didn't really reach beyond the country and audience with a crossover act like they do 
from time to time. CMAs was good about this for a few years with artists like Justin Timberlake, Beyonce. I mean, those artists make country traditionalists mad, but they really bring in a new audience and help boost those numbers. When you got Beyonce on the show, I mean, that's a big deal. Even the presenters were all country, you know? So that stings. That stings. But I think the biggest thing, and this was accelerated by the pandemic, is that people just found new channels. You know, we Netflix, we Hulu, we Prime, maybe we Paramount, we Peacock, Discovery Plus. I mean, all these new ways to watch television after the fact. We YouTube. We go back and find our favorite performances after the fact because we can now. When Damon said at the end of our conversation... You know, over the, certainly over the next five years, it's going to flip-flop and there's probably going to be more viewership on streaming than there is on uh, broadcast television. I think he was being really truthful and fair there. The question, though, is half of what? Half of 10 million watching online? 8 million? 6 million? 4 million? Trending in the wrong direction with award shows, and I don't really think any of them are built to sustain with no television audience, because why would they? You know, who would show up for an award show that no one was watching? What would be the point? These institutions aren't impenetrable. They're not infallible. So in large part, we need to start thinking a little bit differently about this and begin a rebuild, and that's kind of where I'm going to spend my time today. I'd start with categories. There's really no need for both single and song of the year. Album of the year matters less and less each year. It's strange that we have male and female artist of the year. Think about this. If award shows weren't a thing currently, if we started the very first award show today and thought, well, I got this brilliant idea. Let's honor people in front of a televised audience for their accomplishments and we'll invite all sorts of celebrities and make a big party out of it. You had no working knowledge of how an award show was supposed to look. But someone said, hey, let's separate the men from the women in terms of their achievements. I mean, there'd be a hell of a protest for that, wouldn't there? (laughs) And rightly so. I mean, there should be. This isn't like the Olympics where you need to separate the men and the women for physical reasons. There is no purpose for having male and female distinctions. It it really just kind of drives bigamy and sexism. I don't think you can just throw out these categories all at once. That would be a, a pretty awful idea. And I don't even think that all of these categories should go but I do think that you need to shake up the categories and replace them with categories that invite a little bit of a different audience to tune in. You know, every 10 years or so, maybe you pick one off. Bring back a fan choice. Find some ways to get fans engaged with the voting process some way. The bigger change needs to come with how they entice country and non-country audiences. On Sunday, that was a show that did really, really well by the country audience. You know, it was a good show. It gave me a lot of reason to trust the next show. But Nicole Kidman's husband was probably about the biggest crossover star on stage that night. Find ways to bring in other celebrities without sacrificing our soul. And here's how you do that. Best actor in a music video. Make that a category. Reward what you want to encourage, which is diversity in the makeup of your artists, but also in the terms of the way that people come to country music. If there was a legit award for best actor, and I'm using that to describe both men and women, if that was given out on CBS, wouldn't that draw top actors not only to the show, 
but to the medium of the music video? It's not hard to imagine A-list stars agreeing to perform in a country music video for a little bit of money and also for the awesome exposure it could possibly bring. I mean, if you're old enough, you might recall Christopher Walken, actor Christopher Walken. He was in a music video for a song called Weapon of Choice. I mean, that transformed the music video. Spike Jones directed it. The video was bigger than the song. It transcended. We go out of our way to bury the names of the actors in these music videos or to pretend that any one singer in the genre can outact someone from Hollywood. Matthew McConaughey, he was in a music video once. Like 30 years ago before he was anyone. You know, he loves country music. Bring him back. Put him in like a dramatic role in a music video. The beauty here is it goes viral to a new audience that is suddenly interested in country music, but it costs the music and the integrity of the artist nothing. So now you have Matthew or like Reese Witherspoon, who's also very friendly in country music circles. Gosh, man, wouldn't you like to see Nicole Kidman in a dramatic role acting in a music video? Maybe not even one of her own, or you know, maybe even not one of Keith Urban's. Then they're walking the red carpet at the ACM Awards. Now we're talking, people, a lot more buzz about this show. Maybe one of them becomes the host. You know, it's, it's a way to pivot without alienating your corner fan base. I think comeback of the year, uh, that idea for a, an award has some value as well. I mean, that kind of gets the older artists back in the spotlight. But it also tells a good story. You know, if, if Blanco Brown next year was comeback artist of the year, then you get to tell Blanco Brown's story on television. I go to sports often, and I'll do it again. Alex Smith was a quarterback for the Washington football team. Uh, he had a, a compound fracture, nearly died, many surgeries. People thought he was certainly done with football, might even lose a leg. He came back to the football field, won some games this past season. It was a great story. People loved that story, and he won the comeback player of the year in the NFL. Country music could replicate that. So you start there. Then maybe you kind of find a way to get the younger audience involved a TikTok or an Instagram influencer, uh, a sort of a sideline reporter, you know, just for some reactions or something. Loosen up the script a little bit. You know, it's, if things go off the rails, that's fine because we're going to tune in next time to see what might happen. You know, I mean, the MTV Video Music Awards made a living out of this. You tuned in just to see what would happen. I don't think we should have like a Kanye West or like a Howard Stern Fartman type moment. But if we know there might be a little bit of drama, a little sizzle, yeah. That's worth tuning in to find out what it's going to be. I call this the Future of Country Music series because it's where I'll, I'll park down and talk about how and where this industry could change for the better so we don't grow mold here and how it's changing right before us. This is part two because I went back and renamed episode 43, part one in this series. That was about how being transparent with the money could create a real shift in the fight for equality in country music. I stand by those ideas too. By the numbers this week, a new number one country album in America, and it belongs to Taylor Swift. Her new version of Fearless tops albums by Morgan Wallen and Luke Combs. Streaming Songs finds three Taylor Swift songs on top, with one new one called Mr. Perfectly Fine at number one. Sales, it's Gabby Barrett's The Good Ones, Gabby Barrett's I Hope, and Ryan Griffin with a song called Salt, Lime, and Tequila. Look for a lift from the ACM Awards to show up in next week's By the Numbers. Thomas Rhett's Country Again is most added at Country Radio. Gabby Barrett's The Good One is the number one country airplay song. And Gabby holds off Taylor Swift for number one of the hot country song chart this week as well. 
Thanks to Billboard for the charts, Taste of Country for the job, and Todd, who sent me a long, passionate response to my episode on Morgan Wallen. He emailed me. I tried to reply to you, brother. It bounced back at me. I just want to say, listen, I hear you. I don't necessarily see eye to eye with you, but I respect why you're upset. Patience. On Monday, it's a three-person look at Eric Church's new album, and spoiler alert, it's not all good. Follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you're podcasting. Give a rating or a review. Find me on Twitter, at Billy Dukes, and then come find out all about heart and soul. Let's figure this thing out together Monday during episode 53 of the Country Music Media Podcast.